This episode, we talk about how the American people are being gaslit on a daily basis. And if you look around the world right now and you're feeling a little crazy, just know you are not alone. My name is Jacqueline and I'm just an American. There was a Harris poll released last week that showed that Americans are the unhappiest that we have been in about 50 years. According to this poll, only 14% of Americans reported being very happy compared to 33% when the poll was taken about a year ago. These poll numbers are not surprising, obviously. 2020 has been a pretty rough year for our country between the coronavirus pandemic and the lockdowns that have taken place, the economic troubles that have arisen from all of that situation, as well as the civil unrest that we have seen over the last month or so. And it's not really surprising to anybody that Americans are feeling pretty pretty unhappy. There's some other things that I think are contributing to this unhappiness. There's a lot of people in this country who are being told that they are victimized by the oppressors of the nation. They are victimized by systemic racism, by the patriarchy, by anybody who has power in this country. And if you're told that you are a victim and that your government and your nation is trying to keep you down and prevent you from being successful, then it's not really surprising that you are going to feel unhappy. But I think that there is another story to be told here. I think that there are a lot of people, a lot of Americans across this country who are looking around and they're feeling pretty down because quite frankly, they feel like they we they feel like they are being gaslighted on a pretty regular basis by the people in this country who have the power. And when I talk about whenever I talk about the people who have the power, I think it's really important to recognize that I am talking about the people who control the narrative, the people who control what we are talking about in the culture. So it's really easy to say, oh, the billionaires and the corporations have the power or the government has the power or, you know, whoever control, whichever party controls the White House or controls Congress. But the reality is, is that politics is downstream from culture. And so the people who really have the culture and who really drive the direction of the country are the people who control the narrative and the control what we talk about, which is, of course, the mainstream media, academia, Hollywood, and the big tech companies, including social media, which are all controlled by the left. So before we go on with this, I want to define a few terms which I think are important. So there is lying, and then there is hypocrisy, and then there is gaslighting. Lying, everybody knows what lying is. Lying is when you say something that you know for a fact is not true. So if I'm wearing a pink shirt today and I tell you that I'm wearing a blue shirt, I'm lying to you. Politicians lie all the time. We know this, um, or at least we used to know this. If you look at the politicians who are on your side of the political aisle, whatever side that is, and you think, oh no, the other guy lies all the time, but my politicians, they don't lie. They're honest. They tell me the truth all the time. You're just fooling yourself, okay? Because politicians lie. That's just a part of what they do, and it's a part of what they have done since the beginning of time. 
Then there is hypocrisy. So hypocrisy is when the rules change according to which, whether or not the person you're talking about or the situation you're talking about is on, quote, you know, your side or on the opposing side. So this is something that I think we're seeing more and more of in our national dialogue. Politics has seemed has seemed to become, you know, devolved into like team sports where you cheer for your side no matter what and the other side is bad no matter what and there's not really any value underlying values that we all hold to and that we hold our side accountable for and so for example if you think that protests in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic over racial injustice in the country are perfectly fine if you think that tens of thousands of people gathering together without social distancing um, and many of whom are not wearing masks is totally fine, but you think that people protesting, for example, um, against the coronavirus lockdowns who wanted to open up their businesses, who wanted to, you know, return to their livelihoods, if you think that them protesting was a problem, well, that's hypocrisy. And the truth is, is that it's true the other way around as well. If you were fine with people peacefully protesting against the coronavirus lockdowns, but you were not okay with the peaceful protests about, you know, the George Floyd situation, that's hypocrisy as well. Um, And of course, I'm not talking about the riots and the violence that ensued, but simply the peaceful protests. So being okay with one thing, but not okay when when someone else does the exact same thing because they're on the other side of the aisle, that is hypocrisy. Now, gaslighting is a whole other story. Gaslighting is actually a psychological term. It is something that is done in order to make the person being gaslighted actually question their sanity and question themselves and what they are seeing and what they are hearing. A lot of times gaslighting happens when the hypocrisy and the lies are pointed out. That's usually the time when gaslighting takes place. Because what happens is, is that the person who is doing the lying and the person who is being the hypocrite, they don't want to be exposed for what they're actually doing. And so what they end up doing instead is they end up turning it back around on the person who is speaking up and pointing out the lies and the hypocrisy and attacking that person and making that person feel as though they're crazy, feel as though they are, there's something wrong with their interpretation of the situation, or even something wrong with they themselves. Gaslighting is something that it, because it's a psychological term, it is something that happens in families and in daily life. So here, just to kind of illustrate what I mean by gaslighting, um, for those who are unfamiliar with the term, for example, if you have a family and the father in the family is a raging alcoholic. And when the father drinks, he gets abusive and and he gets violent or he gets, you know, emotionally abusive or whatnot. But you have a wife and maybe you have two of of the children in the family who just want to gloss over the alcoholism and the abuse because it's too hard to deal with. They don't want to have to actually face this problem that exists. And then you might have one child in the family who stands up and says, hey, Dad is a raging alcoholic and he gets abusive when he drinks. And because that's so painful for the rest of the family to acknowledge, what they do is they turn on that person and they tell that person, they tell that sibling, you know, no, you're crazy. You are exaggerating. You are misinterpreting what is going on. And that is actually, you know, it makes that person start to question themselves and say, okay, wait, am I being crazy? Am I being ridiculous? Am I being exaggerated? So that is what gaslighting is. We, 
as the American people, we we are gaslit on pretty much a daily basis by the people who are who have the power of the narrative in this country. So, for example, when you have the people who are on in the mainstream media who are sitting there every single day, all day on their cable news shows and looking at you and, and they're saying stuff to us that is clearly Democratic Party talking points. It is clearly designed to push particular narratives, to push particular policies, typically leftist policies and leftist ideologies. When, you know, whatever Joe Biden does, he's totally fine with it. But whatever Donald Trump does, he's he's literally Hitler over it. But then they turn around and they when you say, OK, that's fine. You can have your opinion. You can be an opinion show. You can do all of that. They turn around and they say, well, no, we're not. We're not opinion journalists. We're not, you know, we're not commentators. We're unbiased, objective journalists, okay? That is lying, but that is also gaslighting because we clearly see that you guys are not objective journalists. Like, it's out there. I don't even really know any liberals that I have talked to who believe that the mainstream media is objective, and yet they will sit there behind their desks and continue to say to us, looking straight at the camera, we are objective journalists. That's gaslighting. Gaslighting has never been more apparent than... When we have had, then when we look at the two issues, these two huge issues that have plagued our country over the last few months, the, co- the coronavirus pandemic and the racial justice protests, putting these things, two things side by side has exposed so much hypocrisy and so much gaslighting that is done to the American people. And people see it. People see it. And it's making people feel a little bit crazy. So again, the way that the COVID protests were covered by the media compared to the way that the social justice protests were covered by the media, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference, right? I mean, I it was not very long ago that I remember my local news networks um, here in Southern California that they opened up the beaches and there was all this drama about opening up the beaches and people went to the beach and my local news networks, their favorite thing to do every single day was to shame Americans who dared to go to the beach. They would cover the protests that of people who were out there, you know, wanting to open their businesses up, wanting to be able to make money and to ensure that their families were going to have, you know, food on the table for the, the next year instead of having their businesses go go under permanently, which many of them have. Those protests were covered as, you know, being being just terrible. Oh my gosh, look at these people. Many of them are not social distancing and they're not wearing masks. They pointed that out every single time. I mean, they just clutched their pearls over the fact that some people were not social distancing and wearing masks. And they basically covered these people as though they were selfish, they were ignorant, and they wanted to kill grandma. And then a week later, we see thousands, thousands of people in packing the streets, not social distancing, many of them not wearing masks. And that was perfectly acceptable. That was perfectly justifiable. We see, you know, people who were arrested. They were actually people in this country who were arrested for taking their kids to the park. They were handcuffed and put in the back of police cars and in some cases all the way driven down to the station for taking their kids to the park. One guy here in Southern California got cuffed and and taken away because he was paddleboarding out in the ocean by himself. But then a week later, we see people actually looting and burning down buildings. And that is okay. That's okay. 
that hypocrisy right in front of our face. Um, there was, and I think we've all seen it, the MSNBC reporter who's standing in front of a building that is completely engulfed in flames, looking around him and t- looking at the camera and saying, this was a peaceful, this is really a mostly peaceful protest as he is standing in front of a burning building. People who protested because they wanted to open their businesses ended up in jail. People who did open up their businesses ended up in jail. People who burned down businesses, that was justified and that was that was celebrated even by so many people in our country who said, well, you know, you have to understand where they're coming from. NBC News sent out tweets an hour apart that got a lot of attention online. One was celebrating the fact that there were tens of thousands of people attending a rally or a protest that supported Black Lives Matter and the LGBT community. One hour later, they sent out another tweet condemning the fact that President Trump was going to hold a rally over fears of coronavirus. And then the gaslighting comes in is when they deny doing this. So what's fascinating is that I will see people post things on social media about the hypocrisy, calling out the hypocrisy, and people, regular everyday Americans, put commenting on these posts saying, nobody nobody did that. Nobody said that. Nobody said that the, that the, the social justice protests were okay, except for the fact that we all heard it with our own ears and saw it with our own eyes. There were other things that... Um, during the coronavirus pandemic that I think a lot, have made a lot of people feel crazy. I remember at the beginning of everything, when everything kind of went crazy with the pandemic, end of February, beginning of March, when we were all told that we should not be wearing masks. We should not be wearing masks. Okay, the CDC came out. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who led the, the coronavirus task force for the White House, came out and said, you know what? You guys know Americans don't wear masks, okay? Because if you wear it wrong, it actually could be more detrimental to your health, and it really doesn't stop the spread anyway. Then, within a week or two, they they switched that. The CDC issues a recommendation. Okay, maybe you should wear masks when you cannot socially distance. Maybe you, you know, it might help to slow the spread. And the county that I live in, here in Southern California, proceeded to make it illegal They'd issued a mandate saying that you had to wear a mask anytime you left your house, even if you were just walking your dog and you were nowhere near any other human being, and even if you were going for a drive all by yourself in your car. And if you did not wear the mask, it was there was a potential fine of up to $1,000, and you could also potentially be arrested and thrown in jail for 90 days. So we went over a mat over the course of two weeks from don't wear masks, you silly commoner Americans, what are you thinking, to if you do not wear this mask, you're going to potentially be thrown in jail or fined. And we wonder why we people start to ask questions about what is going on. The, the World Health Organization, just a couple of weeks ago, some doctor that works for the World Health Organization came out and said, well, you know, based on our studies, it seems that very, very few people are actually spreading the virus who are asymptomatic. I don't know how many of you actually heard that story, but they came out and they said that this doctor that works for the World Health Organization and people were like, um, excuse me, because we're pretty sure that the whole reason why we locked the country down was because of the fact that asymptomatic people could spread this illness. Because if you have symptoms, then we could you could quarantine yourself and you could stay home. The danger is in the asymptomatic spread. Well, within a few days, that doctor walked that back and said, oh, no, 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 just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not sure. We we don't know. We we think that the asymptomatic spread is still a big deal. 
I'm always entertained when I see all of these businesses and all of this talk about, oh, we're going to be checking temperatures. We've all heard this, right? We're going to be checking temperatures before people can, you know, go into work or go to, you know, dine at restaurants in some cases. But we're also being told that it is the asymptomatic spread that is the danger and that those are the people who are spreading it because you don't have symptoms. Well, if you don't have symptoms, you don't have a fever. So, you know, there's so many contradictions, so many of the models that they used in order to make their policy policy positions on this situation were wrong. And, and they came out and they said that they, they were wrong. There were so many things that were wrong about it. Last week, Dr. Fauci go, went on television and gave an interview and basically admitted lying to the American people. He said that at the beginning, the reason, the reason why we, they told people don't wear the masks is because they didn't want the general public to go out and hoard all of the masks and the personal protective equipment and that the people who worked in our hospitals then would not be able to get the equipment that they needed. So he lied to us, basically. I mean, there's there's really no other way around that. When you are telling us that you knew that masks would potentially slow the spread, but you didn't tell us that and in, in fact told us the opposite because you didn't want us to hoard the equipment, that is admitting that you lied to us. And then shortly after, like within a couple of days, he went on another television interview and he gave another interview and he said that it is inexplicable to him. It is inexplicable to him why so many Americans don't trust what he says. It is inexplicable why so many Americans don't just shut up and obey whatever the government has told us about this coronavirus pandemic that, you know, the only explanation is that we are anti-science and that we have this, you know, strange, almost juvenile problem with authority figures. Okay, it couldn't be the fact that everything that we have heard about this virus has been contradictory. It couldn't be the fact that you openly admitted that you lied to us. No, it has to be us. It has to be because we are anti-science and we have a problem with authority figures. Ever since the beginning of this pandemic, anybody who has dared to ask a question has been attacked and vilified as anti-science, as selfish, and as somebody who wants to kill grandma. And that is gaslighting. That is right there. It is gaslighting. It is making people question. It is telling us that we are the problem for asking questions and point because we dare to point out that they have lied to us and that they have given us conflicting information nonstop. I mean, the, the mask orders, who can keep track of the mask orders now? Now the state of California, we are mandated once again to wear masks if we go out. It's been, you know, mandates and then it goes to recommendations and then it goes back to mandates. But we we are definitely the problem. We see this in so many areas of of our life right now. The new, you know, call, this is what we keep hearing, right, from from the protesters right now is that it's defund the police. That's what we keep hearing, right, is defund the police. This is what we want. We want to defund the police. The Minneapolis City Council voted to dismantle their police department. But if we on the right say, okay, well, this is the choice, America. This is what we have. Democrats want to defund the police. They want to dismantle the police. They want to take eliminate police departments, they turn around and they say, no, 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 no. We, we don't mean defund the police when we say defund the police. We mean, let's put some of this, the funding, you know, take some of the money from police departments and put it towards other areas like mental health and whatnot. So, well, that's not what defund means. Defund means to withhold funding. That is what defund means. And so 
they they are the ones who say this stuff. They say defund the police. They say dismantle the police. And then when we turn around and we say, okay, well, that's fine. If that's what you guys want to do, I'm glad we know so that I can vote against you in the next election because that's not what I want. And then they say, oh, no, how, no that's just that's just right wing fear mongering talking points. We saw this very same thing, I I remember, after the high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, when gun control was a huge topic of conversation in the news. And all, you know, we it was all about gun control and it was all about banning AR-15s and, you know, the quote unquote assault rifles. That's what they want is they want to ban and make illegal those weapons. And they if you I remember they did their march, they did the March for Our Lives, which was for gun control. And they were holding up signs that said ban guns around the same time. The New York Times published no less than two articles, editorials, I should say, two editorials that openly called for the repeal of the Second Amendment. And Yet, when, again, we on the right said, okay, well, they want to take our guns away from us. That's what they are running on. They are, I mean, when you run an editorial in the New York Times that says you want to repeal the Second Amendment and you carry signs that say ban guns, ban the AR-15, okay, so if I own an AR-15, you want to take that away from me. But if you say that, they say that is just right-wing, fear-mongering talking points. Nobody's trying to take your guns. That is gaslighting. That is gaslighting, this talking in a circle where they say something and then we repeat sometimes word for word what they say and then somehow we are the problem and we are misrepresenting them and we are fear mongering and we are, we are you know, lying somehow at, by, by calling out what they want us to do. We see this when we are talking right now about this issue of the toppling of all of the statues. Okay, there are mobs across the country right now that are toppling statues. And why on earth our states and our cities have not put an end to this at this point is just absolutely beyond me. But they are pulling down statues. And it's so entertaining to me in a disturbing way that when people are speaking out about this, when people are saying, hey, we don't want our st- all of our statues in the country to be torn down, and we definitely don't want it to be torn down by mob rule, that if we are going to make changes to who in a community is honored with the statue, that's fine, but that needs to be done through dialogue, it needs to be done through conversation, and it needs to be done through democratic means, not mob rule. And what we hear from them is, oh, well, you, so, so you support the Confederacy? It's so insane, and it's so crazy. And, you know, it, it's also hilarious because, you know, the last time I checked, George Washington, Thomas Edison, Christopher Columbus, Francis Scott Key, who wrote The Star-Spangled Banner, Father Junipero Serra, and President President Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, the last time I checked, none of them fought for the Confederacy. The last time I checked, Ulysses S. Grant did not fight for the Confederacy. And yet those were all statues that were toppled over the course of the last couple of weeks. And when you point this out to people, when you say, you know, we're not just, it's not just about Confederate statues. They're they're toppling all of these different statues. They say, no, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. It's just about the Confederacy. This is gaslighting. Rewriting of history. This is something that we are seeing, the 1619 Project and Nicole Hannah-Jones, who, you know, created the 1619 Project, which is making claims that are absolutely not true about American history. She just received a Pulitzer Prize. 
that in and of itself is a form of gaslighting, okay? Because here is this woman who created this project who stated that the reason why the American colonists revolted against the British was because they wanted to keep their slaves. That is a lie. It is factually inaccurate. The New York Times, it's so inaccurate that the New York Times was forced to issue a correction in which they just, the only thing they changed was they put some of the colonists did it because they wanted to keep their slaves, which was simply not true because the British were not trying to actually take away American colonists' slaves. That was not a thing. So why we would have to have a revolution to keep slaves from people who were not trying to take away our slaves, their slaves, was is something that doesn't even make logical sense. Historians who were even supportive of the 1619 Project and its underlying goal were critical of her because of those inaccuracies. They gave her a Pulitzer Prize for it. Okay, that is a rewriting of history, and that is a part of gaslighting. Gaslighting is more than just lying. It is actual manipulation. It is something that is done to people in order to encourage silence. That is the purpose of gaslighting. When you go back to that, the issue, you know, the, or the example I gave about the alcoholic father, okay, and the sibling who is speaking up and saying, you know, dad has a drinking problem. When you try to tell that person that they are crazy, when you try to tell that person that no, this is, the situation is not how you really see it, that the reality is not what you see in front of your face, that the reality is instead what I'm telling you that the reality is, the point of doing that is to make people doubt themselves. It is to make people doubt their sanity. And in some cases, it is to make them even doubt whether or not they are good and decent people. This is something that we are seeing in our country right now. When you start to argue with somebody or, or, or debate somebody, okay, or just even have a conversation with someone about any of these topics and you say, you know, I don't think that they should be tearing down statues by mob rule. And that person responds to you by saying, well, you're just denying the experience of people of color in America, and you respond and you say, well, no, I just think that if we're going to make changes like that, that it should be done through democratic means and not mob rule. And they say, well, then you're just a racist who supported the Confederacy. That is gaslighting. Anytime that you are having a conversation with someone and your facts and your logic backs that person into a corner. And, and I know that so many people listening to this, I'm sure have experienced this before, where you are talking with someone and you are trying to be civil and you are trying to just talk about the facts and just talk about logic and just walk, you know, intellectually walk through something. And that person ends up turning around and attacks you personally, calls you a racist, calls you a bigot, accuses you of causing pain to others and and or or denying reality or denying science. I mean, this is a big one, right? They they say, "Oh, you're a science denier if you believe, for example, that only women can give birth." They call you a science denier. All of this is gaslighting. It is gaslighting and gaslighting is a form of bullying and it is done to encourage silence. It is done to encourage people to not speak up. This is beyond, and, and, and we can all see this when you look around, this is beyond just losing friends. This is beyond just having people in your life who disagree with you stop talking to you, okay? There are people who are getting fired and losing their jobs over daring to voice dis a dissenting opinion. 
There are people who are have had to move, you know, public figures who have actually had to move out of their houses because of the death threats that they get from people who don't are not tolerant of their dissent. This is a tactic. It is a tactic. And unfortunately, it is a tactic that is working. It is a tactic that is absolutely working. People are becoming terrified of speaking out. If you feel crazy, if you look around right now and you feel like the world is upside down, like people are saying things that are so obviously untrue and yet they're, they're passing them off as truth and it seems as though people are believing all of these things, you are not alone. You are not alone. Don't let them tell you that you are a racist, a sexist, a bigot, homophobic, xenophobic, all of those, you know, wonderful slurs that they like to throw at people. Don't let them tell you that you are a science denier. If you are not, in fact, a science denier, do not listen to them when they say these things that are simply untrue just because they have lost an argument. We cannot give in to these premises that are based on lies. We have to stand up and we have to fight back. The way that you counter gaslighting, whether it is in your personal life or whether it is in our our national dialogue, the remedy to gaslighting is reaching out to other people. When you go back to the alcoholic father example, when somebody comes from an abusive family, okay, and, and many, many people do, and they have been victims of gaslighting in their upbringing, the way that they have found sanity, the way that they have kind of regained their confidence and their mental health is by reaching out to other people, reaching out to people who are not who are not going to gaslight them, reaching out to people who can confirm, okay, yes, what you see in front of your eyes as reality is in fact reality. That is something that really works against gaslighting. And that is one of the reasons why the goal of gaslighting is to stop people from talking to other people. It is to stop people from talking to each other. It is to encourage silence. When you are stuck in your house on a lockdown over the coronavirus and you're not seeing your family and you're not seeing your friends and you're not able to have some of these conversations that we can have in person a lot more easily than on social media or even on FaceTime. When you are stuck in your house and you feel like you're all alone, that is when the stuff all starts to mess with your head. And when you go out into the world and you start to talk to people and you start to realize that, oh my goodness, there are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of people out there who think the way that I think, who believe the things that I believe, who see the things that I see. That is how you put an end to the madness. And that is what we need to do. We need to talk. We need to put our voices out there and we need to let people know you are not alone. When you look around and you see that you are being lied to, when you see that there are conflicting messages coming from from the government and from the media and from all of these places, when you see them saying things that you know based on your personal experience are not true, that is when that is when you might start to feel crazy. But if you can go out and talk to people and see, okay, no, I am seeing this hypocrisy and I am seeing these lies, then we can start to break through all of the madness that we are seeing. One of the things I think we just have to realize at this point is conservatism 
has become the counterculture. Conservative ideas, conservative culture is not in power right now. We are the counterculture. And so it's hard. And we do have an uphill battle ahead of us. And it's not going to be easy. And we're all probably going to lose out on miss, you know, lose out on friendships and make a lot of people angry. And it is not easy to speak out. You definitely have to have thick skin. But if you can have a little bit of courage and reach out to the people who you know are thinking the same things that you're thinking and working towards the same goals, then we might actually have a chance to save our country. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps each and every week. Also, please share this episode with a family member or friend so we can help spread the word. You can follow me on Twitter at JJAnAmerican. You can also message this show by sending emails to JJ at I'mJustAnAmerican.com. Thanks for taking a moment out of your day to talk about how the American people are being manipulated by those who are trying to control the narrative. I'll be back next time for a deep dive into issues plaguing American life from the perspective of Just an American. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Michael Beatty. You can find him on Twitter at Michael Beatty 3.